Contour Ridge looks ancient in the rain. Winter snow can paint her young again. I'm a lucky man. Call this home. Welcome to this week's podcast of History Speaks from the Montour County Historical Society. My name is Terry Diener, a member of the Board of Directors. Our speaker series is continuing at the Boyd House Museum in Danville. On July 17th, Linda Soans of the Columbia Montour Visitors Bureau will discuss the covered bridges of Columbia and Montour counties. The program begins at 7, doors open at 6.30 p.m., admission is $5.00. Each Sunday afternoon, the Montgomery and Boyd House Museums are open from 2 until 4. There is one admission price of $5 for those who are not members of the Historical Society. There is free admission for students through 12th grade and society members. The Danville Heritage Festival will be held July the 19th through the 21st. Van Wagner has been organizing the events over the last several years, and we're honored to have Van with us to discuss those events. He is a Montour County native. And I share his bio from his Van Wagner Music homepage. Van is an educator. In the classroom, he teaches environmental science at Lewisburg High School. He has been selected as Conservation Educator of the Year in 2005 from Schuylkill County and in 2007 and 2009 in Union County. In 2012, he was awarded the Sandy Cochran Award for Natural Resource Education from Pennsylvania Forestry Association. In 2015, the Red Cross presented Van with the Robert N. Purcell Distinguished Service Award. Outside the classroom, he educates audiences with his music and programs on Pennsylvania history. He received an Outstanding Achievement Award in 2018 from the Pennsylvania Heritage Songwriting Contest. His music has been featured on the History Channel, WVIA-TV, as well as country music television. He has released two dozen original albums and published a book entitled Cold Dust, Rust, and Sawdust. His music and programs not only entertain, but inspire audiences to become involved in learning more. And his music is used on many of the openings for the History Speaks podcast. Van, thanks for sitting down with us, and tell us about the 2019 Danville Heritage Festival. Sure, Terry. It's going to be centered around the Danville Middle School. It's going to be on Mill Street. It's going to be at F.Q. Hartman. It's going to be at Hess Field, so it's literally spread out all over town. But if I were to pick you know, one general area, I'd say start at the middle school. That's kind of the, the ground zero, so to speak. All right. Now, if we could maybe go through the schedule for each of those days, what's happening on the 19th? The 19th is going to be a mine tour out at Sunnybrook Park, and that's building on a tradition that uh, Herman Jones and Larry Morden and I had for years, uh, starting with the first ever Iron Heritage Festival. And we meet at 7 o'clock at Sunnybrook up on the pavilion above the parking lot, and folks are encouraged to bring a lantern or a flashlight if they have one. It's not necessary. We do a short introduction of kind of where we'll be hiking and what folks are going to see, and then we hike out the valley on the abandoned railroad bed and go for about a one-mile walk through the woods, take folks to several abandoned mines, talk about the, the method for mining, the era that it was done in, uh, the significance to the story of Danville's history. We may or may not do a little demonstration of black powder being ignited. We'll see. And then uh, usually you're going to need the lanterns for the return trip because it starts getting dark in the woods under all those hemlock trees uh, by a little bit after 8 o'clock. So round trip, I'd say hour and a half-ish is usually what that trip is. And that's really a special thing to bring back. We haven't done that in a few years. Now, for people who are interested in going and they might be wondering, 
is it going to be an easy walk for me because of the terrain and so on? Uh, what would you suggest? Well, regrettably, it is not handicapped, handicapped accessible, at least that portion of the festival. But it's not rugged hiking either. Uh, I would say the most rugged part of it is just getting from the parking lot up to the pavilion. So if folks want to drive by and look at that climb from the parking lot to the pavilion and if they see that and it it doesn't scare them they can at least know the rest of the hike will be flat terrain might be a little muddy here and there but it's flat terrain and if folks are unable to do it for you know mobility reasons luckily there is a a dvd here at the historical society that folks can pick up that herman and larry and i did a few years ago on the mine tour and with the family's permission it was recently put on youtube as well so folks can view it there the 20th now july 20th can you tell us what's going on Uh, that's a saturday and saturdays are always a busy day probably full of uh, different events to see and go to Sure. Now, I'm bound to miss something. I want to preface by saying that, so I don't want to offend or leave anyone out. But the the highlights that come to mind, it kicks off with a 5K run race, and that starts at the middle school at 8.30 in the morning. And I encourage folks who even don't consider themselves runners to consider participating for two reasons. One is we are going to be on the oldest rail trail in the United States. And that's a claim we've been making here in Danville for a few years. And to be honest, we kind of weren't sure at first. We thought, well, let's just start saying that, and then maybe someone will come along and correct us. And I'll tell you, we're not even close to being in competition with anyone else. Mm. We were a rail trail in the 1890s. And the other rail trails I've been able to find are 1960s. So it's just neat for that reason to participate and go for a walk on this ancient rail trail. The other reason is it is one of the biggest fundraisers for the Danville cross-country team. So I encourage folks to just see their entry fee as a donation. You know, I certainly don't expect to win, but I participate every year because it's a fun thing to do with the community, and I know the money goes to the team. So that's the morning, but then the day is filled with the classic car cruising on Mill Street that will be ongoing all day. There's live music there. Folks can visit different Danville businesses and restaurants and and enjoy Mill Street. And then over at the middle school, we have living historians uh, doing demonstrations all day in the field, including blacksmithing. There's going to be hide tanning. There's going to be an atlatl demonstration. If you're not familiar with the atlatl, it's the... Mm. The precursor before the bow and arrow, it was this thrown spear. It's an incredible tool. And Gary Fogelman is quite the knowledgeable resource on that, and he's going to be demonstrating that. So it's neat to see that. In fact, I've learned that many of us, when we find what we call arrowheads in this area, in in a lot of cases, we're not finding arrowheads. We're finding atlatl spear tips. And then there are speakers inside, of which you are one of our our, uh, honored speakers, and they will be in air condition giving talks on various topics and some of the highlights uh, that come to mind. You're doing Mr. Maws. Uh, We have another gentleman talking about abandoned mines of Pennsylvania, and he has thousands of followers on Facebook. This gentleman, David Fowler is his name, has a really incredible collection of photographs of abandoned mines. He's a little controversial. You know, some folks say he has no business going in these abandoned mines, and I think that can all be part of the conversation. There's going to be a a little time after his presentation if people want to have that conversation as adults. I think that's a healthy conversation to have. But meanwhile, he's going to show his photographs Mm -hmm. of, of the places he's explored controversy or not. And then there's live music at the middle school. There are food vendors on site. There's the always popular Boy Scouts chicken barbecue Mm -hmm. there right by the railroad tracks. And then down at FQ Hartman Field on Saturday, there is the Montour County Antique Farm Equipment Demonstration and Tractor Show. That's going to be quite active as well. Forgive me, I don't know the times, but I know Gatehouse on the uh, State Hospital grounds is having an open house as well as some food and games. So folks can find more information about all these things on our website if they want to get the details and times to be safe. 
I believe Gene Scheib is going to be out at the furnace again this year. Is that correct? Oh, thank you for reminding me. Yes, Gene Scheib will be doing the always popular furnace presentation at the Franklin Furnace. And I believe that is Saturday at 11. But just to be sure, again, folks should check all the schedules on the website, which is danvilleheritage.com. Are there some new uh, things going on this year that... uh people uh, can see that they uh, haven't seen in the past. Yes, absolutely. I mean, first, the big new thing is the fact that we are downtown. So the fact that we are at F.Q. Hartman, the fact that we are on Mill Street, and the fact that we're centered around the school, the middle school, mm-hmm. I think is right there a big a, a big news story mm-hmm. to share. But yes, a lot of our speakers are new. As I said, this David Fowler with Abandoned Minds has never been invited before, and several other speakers. And some of our living historians that are going to be set up have been here in years previous. Um, for example, the Thomas brothers will have their, their, their uh, telegraph, telegraph yes. set up, and that mm-hmm. was incredible to see mm-hmm. last year at Hesfield. So I'm hoping more people will get to see that since we're right on Route 11 now. But then we have new people such as Gary Fogelman and the Adelaide. And so we're also in talks with a, a volunteer about firing up that model iron furnace that's there at the middle school site mm-hmm. in the parking lot and maybe getting some charcoal to burn in there to give folks a little feel for how these furnaces worked. And they can come up and ask questions and see some of the the ore models and things to explain kind of how the whole process of making iron worked. Did I see somewhere where Captain Mick's going to be here doing a presentation as well on the canal? Absolutely. Cappy Mick, he is really something. He's going to be talking about the canals, which came right through that site. The Danville Mm -hmm. Middle School had, you know, the big mill, as we call it. And if you can find drawings and even photographs from the right era, you will see that the canal went right through the heart of that piece of property and it even had a basin for loading and unloading. And it, I mentioned Larry Morden earlier. Larry Morden had a wonderful drawing he did based on a photograph of the mill. And, you know, front and center in that picture, you can see huge piles of coal that had been unloaded from canal barges. And then next to that are piles of pig iron that in some cases, yes, were going into the, the rolling mill to be turned into wrought iron. But in other cases, were being loaded into canal boats and off to market, they'd go elsewhere. Is there a fee involved for some of these events? No, uh, all of our events are free to attend. I suppose one of the exceptions would be the 5K race, but look at that as a donation to the school's cross-country team. There's a small fee if folks want to register a car to participate in the classic car cruise in. But no, we're keeping everything you know free and open for all ages, and as much as possible, we want them handicapped accessible. That was one of the other benefits of coming to the school is, uh, you know, Hess Field is beautiful, uh, but we had some limitations for folks who had mobility issues. And by being at the middle school, it's a little bit more inclusive, and we like that. You mentioned the Hess Field. I do understand the Coit Tournament's going to be out there? There'll still be the Coit Tournament going on out at Hess Field. Um, and they can kind of spread out there and not feel as crowded. They were kind enough to share the site with us for the last few years. And I should also thank, while I have you, uh, Montour County Rec uh, with Bob Stout's work. I mean, over the years, we needed a home, and Montour County Rec were kind enough mm-hmm. to give us the Hess Field and, and make bend over backwards. But we had a good problem starting last year where we started reaching our capacity. And a lot of folks kept apologizing for the rain that hit last year. And to be honest, the rain was a blessing. He was, We were starting to turn cars away by noon last year because we were out of parking. We had reached mm-hmm. capacity. And the, the rain came and kind of kept numbers at, uh, where they should have been. So I don't think that'll be a problem by moving downtown now, thankfully. What's going on on the last day of the festival? 
Sunday is uh, always fun. We go down to the river at 6.30 on Sunday to what's called Montgomery Park or, you know, where Ferry Street goes to the river. And uh, we have a community hymn sing, and it's just a real special non-denominational get-together. We sing uh, very well-known hymns, some of which actually have connections to the, to the region, and we, we, we pause briefly and, and mention that. It's not, a, it's not a lecture, it's not a history program, but some of the stories are worth mentioning. You know, the one that comes to mind is the, the very popular hymn, Shall We Gather at the River, was written by a pastor who had earlier in his years been in Pennsylvania. I don't recall if it was Lewisburg or Williamsport or Jersey Shore. I'm getting my towns mixed up today. But he had spent some of his life on the Susquehanna River. Years later, he moved elsewhere in the country and did write that song. And so I always liked wondering, well, which, which river was he thinking about when he wrote that song? So there's a few other connections like that that we'll pause, we'll mention, and then we'll sing. I'm always amazed, Van, about the little Montour County and the contributions that we've made not only to Pennsylvania, but to the world. And the fact that we're able to educate people on the history of the area is uh, such, uh, I I know it's uh, gratifying to you and gratifying to researchers and historians like me. I think the one thing we do as people uh, that's very important, and we've been doing it forever, is oral traditions. I mean, it's what humans have done around campfires for thousands of years. And... It's something that has gone on in this area for the 10 to 12,000 years that humans have lived in what we call Montour County. Oral traditions and keeping histories alive. History matters. There's a reason there is a tradition of telling the next generation your story as a people. And so that is what this festival is all about. Yes, it's for all ages, but really it's about telling the next generation about our story, about their story. Van, we appreciate you taking time from your busy schedule to talk about the festival. Van will be one of the musical entertainers during the three-day event. Woody Wolf and Tim Latchaw, the young performers from the Music Box and others, will also entertain. Gatehouse will have an open house and pig and corn roast during the event. They also have a cornhole tournament. There is a fee for those events. Check out the schedule at the DanvilleHeritage.com website for all of the events. Again, don't forget that the speaker series is continuing at the Boyd House Museum in Danville. On July 17th, Linda Soans of the Columbia Montour Visitors Bureau will discuss the covered bridges of Columbia and Montour counties. The program begins at 7 p.m., doors open at 6.30, admission is $5. We hope to see you there and at the Danville Heritage Festival. I'm a lucky man, call this home, call this home, I'm a lucky man. And a man might search his whole life through, never find.